I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hello, and thank you for tuning in to That Gabby Roslin Podcast. In this episode, I chat with the very lovely Laura Whitmore. She talks about her childhood growing up near Dublin with her huge Irish family, studying journalism in Boston and getting her first career break after winning a competition on MTV. She talks to me about the hilarity of filming Celebrity Juice with Keith Lemon. She admits there are numerous versions of how she first met her other half comedian Ian Sterling, building an Irish pub together in their garden during lockdown and the fantastic dance routines they've shared on TikTok. Also, finding her voice in the industry, getting her own show on BBC Radio 5 Live and now turning her hand to script writing and acting. She really is a fabulous, wonderful, talented woman. Hello, hello. Hello, lovely. Hiya. How's your head? How's my head? In general. Well, you were recording last night. I saw my mate Keith's Instagram. It was brilliant. It's so much fun. It's also just nice to like be making television in this climate. We had an audience. It was a very small audience, but we had an audience. And I mean, you know that show. I just love that show. It's so much fun. It doesn't feel like work at all. How far did it go? <laughs> oh, God. There was nudity involved, but not not from me. That's all I can say. It's <laughs> always the way. You kind of, you have a line and then... And, you know, you crossed that line a long time ago. Oh, my God. Do you, so do you do it completely uh, sober? It probably helps if you're not. People probably don't realise because it's not recorded live. So, you know what telly's like. It takes about two and a half hours to record it. So, like, you can be getting drunker as the show goes on. And then when it goes out in air, it's like, wow, Laura just, like, gets drunk really quickly. <laughs> so I was trying to pace myself. But I always think a little something to take the edge off is always good. Do you know what? I think you as team captain, that was just brilliant casting. Were you, it must have been the easiest yes of your career. Yeah, I mean, it, I was a no-brainer for me. I don't even think they even asked me, did I want to do it? I think it was always a no-brainer. Oh, it must be just the best thing, though. Work. I mean, okay, so there are jobs you do where you're wor- working with your partner. There are jobs you do when you're working yeah. with your mates. It's not bad. It's not It's not bad at all. I mean, I've known um, Keith Lemon, uh, also known as Lee Francis, um, uh, even though sometimes it's, it's very hard to know the difference between the two of them. Um, I've known him for years, and Emily Atak as well is a good pal of mine since I first moved to London. So, yeah, it is like doing it with mates. And one thing Holly um, Willoughby always said was, like, it was her night out every week was doing that show, was recording that show. And that's what I feel 
like last night it felt like a night out and we let's be honest we're not really getting many nights out these days that is the the truest thing you've ever said even <laughs> if for work have you did you ever i mean we, we're very lucky because we love our jobs passionately i know you do like me yeah but but actually going into work is like the best night out you've ever had because we don't go out we don't do anything yeah that's going to be my night out now is going to go and do celeb juice and uh, I get to do it with my friends and it's fun. I have to say, I do end up in some situations on celeb juice that I probably wouldn't get into in real life. Um, but it's such good fun. I think it's great that the TV world is still making and still creating and um, it's just so exciting to be part of it. I mean, it's a show that's loved by so many people. It's like a national treasure at this stage. I remember watching it in the beginning because um, Lee Keith, whoever he is, um, but to, to me and you, he's Lee, which is very bizarre. But yeah. but um, so he, I remember watching it and thinking, oh, no, 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 I'm too old. I can't watch this. And then I just thought, oh, it's my guilty pleasure. And then I sort of came out and said, I love this. And all of my friends said, oh, so do I. Yeah. Oh, my word. This is just, You just feel like you're being naughty. And you're allowed to be naughty when you watch it. Uh, and I think as well, you can even see by like guests over the years, people who probably said initially, oh, I wouldn't go on that show. And then doing it, do you know, because they love it so much. But listen, hold on. What about not going out? You've got a pub at the bottom of your garden now. <laughs> I know. Um, do you know what? The worst thing about lockdown is we hadn't finished the pub before lockdown. We had basically a shed um uh moved into this house about a year ago and then I haven't really been home before lockdown I spent a lot of time working away staying with my other half we're, we're never home and then lockdown happened and we we're like oh we have to live here now and we had a shed built but we hadn't put anything in it yet and then during lockdown when we were all forced to stay at home which actually probably wasn't a bad thing um we thought what 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 were we missing what did we really miss we had four months when we couldn't leave the house we thought, you know what, a pub, a local pub. So we decided just to build one in the garden. I love that. So how pub is your pub? I mean, is it full pub or is it sort of, are we 50%? How much pub? We've got Guinness on tap. That's hysterical. We've got a little wood burner. Um, It's quite like, it's it's not like a fancy pub. It's like a little Irish vibe, you know, like little shithole kind of pub. (laughs) (laughs) But I want that. I'm like, even I'm like, if you if you drop or spill anything in the pub, that's fine. You know, I want I want cigarette burns. I want whatever you can do because I want it to kind of remind me of where I grew up in my local pub from from home. Um, we've got um, like a brickwork wall. Um, we've got like a bench with um, Ian's a massive fan of Hibernian Football Club um, from back home, so we have their tartan. Um, and then we've lots of random crap. So I was going to like start collecting lots of random crap. Cause you know when you go to those little smelly pubs and it just has random crap on the walls? That's what I want in my shed. Oh, you need those. Oh, what are they called? Those uh, Toby jugs. What's that? Oh, right. Okay. I'm going to try and find one. I'm going to find one. I'm going to send it to you. So okay. A Toby jug is, it's like an old bit. It's made out of China or pottery. And it's got a, a fat man with a hat on and a big long coat. On the front of it. I don't think I've ever seen... I need to see a picture because I cannot think about... What? Okay, just go... Have you got your phone by you? I've got, yeah, I've got my laptop here, Holland. Toby. Okay. Like Toby, T-O-B-Y. Toby. Like Toby Maguire. Yeah. Toby Jug, yeah. Toby Jug. Nothing like Toby Maguire when you see the picture. Yes, I know. It's quite British though, isn't it? Maybe that's why I don't know, isn't it? It's quite British. Oh, maybe. Right, I'm going to find the most revolting toby jug oh I, I think i found it already i've got a trump one oh no that no that's too far revolting. that's just going too it's too far that's too far that's too far not but also they don't they have um 
Horseshoe, you know, not horseshoes, you know, the things oh, that... I have a horseshoe. I have a lucky horseshoe. Oh, there we go. Yeah, no, we've got quite, we've got quite a lot, but we're, we're happy to take more. <laughs> I'm scrolling now. I'm seeing some really weird things that I can't unsee now. I'm going to actually just stop Googling that. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I shouldn't have taken you down that road. But also, I know what you can get for in there, okay? It costs £2.39. Okay, I'll push the boat. Do you know what it is? £2.39, that's very specific. Yeah, it's a Laura Whitmore face mask. I mean, I don't want to know why you know that. <laughs> I didn't know you could get them. Yep. If you've got £34.90, pence, you could get a full-size cardboard cutout of you in a suit, Laura Whitmore. Why would you want... Now, what would you be doing with that, though? Well... Maybe maybe that's a nice present for Ian. Imagine, imagine Ian, I just got him a mask. Imagine I, like... <laughs> <laughs> like, what, what would you be doing with that? I don't even know why anyone would even want to buy that. It was so weird, because I know you, and we know each other in the real world... I just thought, right, I want to just find out about your background and your degree and well, that you were in Boston. We'll talk about all that. But Don't, don't say you Googled me. I, no, I, I did. It was lovely. But the first things that came up were your mask and the cardboard cutout. And I just, do you know what was really lovely? It's a very funny thing. It didn't make me laugh. I just had this lovely smile because you know how much I adore you. And I just thought, oh, you know what? If you're really missing people <laughs> around you, you could just get cardboard cutouts of wow. everybody. And I thought, then I started Googling cardboard cutouts. And you can get Danny DeVito. Great. Ben Shepherd. Yeah. I thought it'd be quite a good party. Well, listen to this. A woman came up to me, this is, it's been a year ago, came up to me and said, this is a really weird thing. I, ju- I just remember this now. Her husband works for a company, like it must be an events company. And she's got loads of cardboard cutouts of people. She says, I have a cardboard cutout of you. I actually thought she was a little bit crazy at first, but she goes, I've got loads because it's my husband's job. And what we do is we put them up in the house when we go away on holidays. Like, do you know in Home Alone, when they had all the, when he pretended that his whole family were there when the burglars tried to come in, you could see the shadows. Yes. So if someone tries to break into their house, they just see like my face peering through the window. That's weird, but, but great. That's not scary, though. I mean, come <laughs> on. If you're going to break into a house and you see Laura Whitmore, Ben Shepherd, and Danny DeVito, <laughs> you're going to want to stay. That is a dinner party I want to stay at. <laughs> oh, so come on. Look, you just mentioned home. So what yeah. What was it like at home in Dublin then when you were a kid? Was It It wasn't really all bars with horseshoes and, and fag ends on the floor, was it? Well, no, not, not when I was growing up because I was underage. <laughs> <laughs> No, it was it was lovely. Um, I'm very thankful looking back at my childhood. I grew up in um, a little seaside resort just south of Dublin called Bray with just my mom. And um, yeah, I'm just looking back and very thankful. Like at the time, I probably wasn't very thankful. And I, I remember, like, I remember growing up that like my parents were the only people in my school who weren't together. Like, and that was such a big thing back then. Um, like ha- coming from a single parent background. I mean, now it's rare that any parents are together. Yes. <laughs> um, but then it was quite rare, but I don't think I really realised. And I remember thinking at one stage going, oh, I have the perfect family background to be an actress because <laughs> I feel like I've got something a little bit different that makes me unique. Um, but I always felt kind of loved and happy. And for that, I'm really grateful of, even if it wasn't a necessarily conventional upbringing. Like I, I have a great relationship with both my mom and my dad. They're really good friends. And I think if they were still together, they probably wouldn't be. <laughs> 
I'm 35 now and I kind of look to my mom who was in her 30s who had it mum worked full time and she had a kid out of wedlock and that was she was the youngest of 13 children the only child to kind of 13 13 I know granny and granddad were at it but um that that was normal back then because there was no contraception and that's what people did and um yeah but 13 I mean you just forget you forget who's who goodness me so do you ever have big Christmases or, or events where the whole family all the cousins and everything get together probably not all of them because it's it's hard to um it's hard to track them down and and I guess there's such an age difference between my mom's older like my mom is the youngest so her oldest sister is about 19 years older than her so like my granny was like pregnant for most of two decades and um god can you imagine no and um but um yeah so we do have big Christmases but that's that's even just with three aunties and uncles and the cousins. Like, that's quite big big in itself. And um, I do remember a funny story years ago, because I don't know, and most people are probably related to me if they're Irish. <laughs> most people, most people are related to you. I love that. Okay, I'm going to call all my Irish friends. I don't want to be like a cliche, because someone's like, oh, you're Irish. Do you know Paddy Maguire? And I'm like... <laughs> Actually, yeah, I do. I'm like, I'm like, don't be so stereotypical. But I actually, uh, yeah, he's my third cousin once removed. But I, I remember years ago, this guy coming up to me, um, and I think he was kind of hitting on me in a bar, and then I worked out that he was like a second cousin. Oh no! I was like, hold on, where are you from? Who's your mom? So yeah, you have to be careful of that. So I know you went to journalism school, but there you were as a, as a child thinking oh, you wanted to be an actress, and you and I have spoken away from microphones and everything, and you. You just you want to do it all, which is fantastic. But you went, which we'll get to in a moment. But then you went from Dublin University. You went over, didn't you study in Boston? I studied in Boston, yeah. So I did, um, I was wow. doing, it was part of my degree. Um, I studied journalism and then we got a semester abroad um, in a different, a different university. So I went to Boston University and like Massachusetts is an incredible place. And especially Boston, because it has so, I mean, it's known for students. It's got so many universities and prestigious universities. And, and also, I mean, I looked out because basically you do an exchange. So four Irish students went over to Boston University and then four American students went over to Dublin City University. But like the fees in America are like, ridiculous they are just insane what people have to pay to go to university and at the time in Ireland they were free so I got to I got to go to Boston University uh, as still part of you know my Irish curriculum and um you know we got to study some great things we had proper newsrooms um and you know it was really wow. eye-opening I just turned 21 which is a great age to be in Boston because that's the age of going out and um yeah and I was thinking of the poor devils who got sent to Dublin Yes, very, very different. But but also Dublin's an amazing place. But I just... It's an amazing Being city. a student in Boston, it's so funny, you went to the, the studios and the work. I wanted to know about what life was like away from the college. It must have mm. just... Was it like the movies or like we all imagine? Yeah, it, exactly it was. I just remembered all I wanted to go was to a house party and drink kind of red cups and play beer pong because that's what they did in the films in all those kind of college films over there. And we went, that's what they did. We went to house parties and we played beer pong. We drank out of red cups. And I, I was there summer through to Christmas time, which is a wonderful time because you go, you go, it's quite hot when you first go over there and then you go through fall and, and Salem's really close as well as within Massachusetts. And they, they do Halloween, Gabby, on another level. It's like a week long event and they go big. So I went big and, and they're going into Christmas time as well. And it was just such like for a 21 year old, 
who never lived abroad. It was just so eye-opening. Would you move over to the States? Yeah, I, do you know what? I, I don't want to move full-time. Boston I could live in. Um, last year, we actually took a road trip, myself and Ian. Um, we, it was something that was like on my bucket list. We started off in San Francisco, the West Coast, and we rented a Mustang and we drove to Boston. So we just drove from West Coast to East Coast. And I wanted to end in Boston because Ian had never been to Boston and Boston was so close to my heart because it's such a great experience there. And it was lovely. And I remember it, it feels it feels different. It's so strange when you're driving through the different states in America because you realize how different they are. Middle America is very, very different to the East Coast. I mean, I love America. Have you live there. Do you know what? When I was younger, I would have loved to have lived in New York. I think it's an amazing place. It's beautiful. And some of my best friends actually live there. I think it's very hard at the moment, especially when they had their lockdown. Whatever we thought living in central London was cramped. I think living in New York during that time, it's very tough. I love all the videos that you and Ian mm -hmm. were doing and you're dancing. <laughs> you and Ian dancing. I don't know why. You, I mean, you, you're beautiful and you're a wonderful dancer and... and your time at Strictly, you know how much I loved you on that. Uh, voting for you all the time. Oh, bless but, you. but you and Ian dancing, it <laughs> just brought joy to everybody. It just makes me smile. Does he like dancing? Because I'm not quite sure. So funny. It's so funny because the amount of people who mentioned the TikTok dancing, and like we didn't do that many. And when we did it, like I could never do anything that would take us longer than 10 minutes because Ian just didn't have the capacity <laughs> to like stick with it. So it had to be something quick and easy. So I'd be, come on, do this. And you could probably tell from his expression, it wasn't his idea. But um, when we did it, we only did a handful of them, but I still, to this day, people go, oh, you're dancing, this made me smile. And I'm like, I was like, do you know what? We didn't really have anything else to be doing, Gabby, if I'm honest with you. Um, we were both working from home and Ian was writing a sitcom at the moment and I was doing the radio show from home and podcasting. But like, you can't just sit at your desk all day. So our, our nights out were, let's do, let's do a little dance routine and record it and put it out there. And we would never have done that before lockdown. We've always been kind of quite private about our relationship. Um, and it's been an interesting time because we've definitely opened up a little bit more we're still quite protective but we have opened up a little bit more and I think a lot of people have I think a lot of people are kind of showing more of themselves um because of that time because all we had was each other and, and it was a joy and I remember through Prince's Trust because uh, you and I are very very uh, honoured to be mm. a part of that incredible charity mm -hmm. and um uh being with you and Ian and I I think I whispered in your ear this is the perfect match or something we were sitting I was sitting behind you and you and you went bright red. I remember. I remember. And he saw as well. And he went, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, he was right there. He was right there, Gabby. <laughs> I know. And I just thought you just, you know, when you look at two people, you go, oh, that, it just works. That just works. Yeah. I think that's why I like the dancing with you together. It works. We compromise. I let him watch football. He does TikTok dances. Perfect. See? You see, that's, that's what it's that's about. That's it. That's the whole thing. How did you meet? Do you know what? Every time someone asks us that, we're, we, we kind of tell a different story because we're not really sure. <laughs> because we both, we both work in the same industry. Now, he started in children's television and BBC. I started in MTV. So our paths didn't really cross then. But I actually forgot. This is terrible. We did a panel show together, like the same episode. You forgot him. I forgot. Like, he was on it and I was on it. Yeah. So it was... But we weren't on the same team. It was it was an ITV2 show called Fake Reaction that Matt Edmondson was hosting. And I was on Joe Swash's team and he was on Ellie Taylor's team. But I don't think we really talked. Or he says I ignored him, but I couldn't. I wouldn't possibly do that. <laughs> um, but we, we, we are on the same television episode like eight years ago or nine years ago. It is, it is out in the universe. 
Um, but we never talked. And, and also, Ian has this ability to look very different. Like, it, it's it's great. Him and our dog, this sounds weird. Him and our dog, when they get a haircut, what? look like two different species. <laughs> so, like, our dog, I've got, like, I've got a multi-poo. And when he's got long hair, he looks like one dog. When he gets a haircut, someone's like, have you got a new dog? I'm like, no, he's had a haircut. That's like Ian. They're like, have you got a new boyfriend? I'm like, no, he's just had so a haircut. So what happens when they both come home after a haircut on the same day at the same moment? I don't know who I'm living with. I'm like, who are who, who are these people in my house? Actually, it might be quite exciting. It's quite exciting. It mixes it up a bit. Yes, <laughs> like I'm cheating on, on you with you. That's weird. Um, so I, I just think when we did that show together, he did look very different. I didn't know it was him, but he, he did look very different. And then I that was when he was like kids television presenter. And then we bumped into each other again. Actually, I think you were there. It was the ITV gala. And... Um, We'd met each other at the Children's Baptists, but we never really talked that much. And then at the ITV gala is where he got, had he slid into my DMs? Listen to this for flirting, you ready? To ask me what type of dog I had. Oh, he knew what he was doing. Apparently it was flirting. I just thought he wanted to know what dog I had. So I just wrote back, oh, multi-poo, like no chat. That was it. So it took a while. It took about nine months after that. Oh, that's so lovely. I love that. I love that story. And I love the fact that there's there's proof that you actually did meet meet each other nine years ago. Yeah. I can't remember. <laughs> um, oh, my other favourite thing um, of, the, of you at the moment is if you, no, so if you do Google yourself, not only will find the face masks and the cutout, but the amount of coverage of you buying a rug that wasn't what you expected. I mean, I saw it on Instagram and it's gone mad. The papers have gone mad for it. So many likes for that. The engagement for that has got more than a picture of me working. It's terrible. Me doing my job doesn't get as much engagement on Instagram as a picture of me messing up buying a rug. Oh, but it's just heaven. So this is, so for people who haven't seen this picture, you ordered a, a rug through... Yeah online through online and you saw that that was the picture the picture I posted was the there was only one picture there wasn't like a swipe across the different types of pic that was the picture that was on so you can see why I thought that was it it looks perfect it was perfect size I saw I was like you know what even if I don't know exactly the dimensions it's quite a big space there's a big sofa in that picture you know you can compare to other things there's like a there was like a, a seat, there was like a double sofa. I was like, you can kind of roughly gauge the size of it. Um, I am really bad, especially during lockdown, for buying online. I just kind of do things quickly, it's for the moment. I probably didn't read the smaller details, like the size. Yes, but I'm sorry, the picture, I would have done it too. Because yeah, No, 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 no. Thank they you. absolutely, they lured you mm-hmm. in. Mm-hmm. And it was a little bit smaller than you imagined. Not only smaller, it just looked shit. <laughs> Like it was like the edges were rolled and the color wasn't exactly the color. And I think why I think why it did so well engagement wise and why papers wrote about it was it's relatable. We've all been there. We've all bought something online that's arrived and looks nothing like it. Oh, I remember buying a skirt that was honestly the most hideous. And I don't buy a lot because I do shopping in your wardrobe a lot. But this skirt... And by the way, I love that. I've been shopping in my wardrobe during lockdown. I'm very pleased to, to hear that. And I know because I've been watching. But but the um, but this skirt, oh my God, it was 
the worst girl, and I just, I had to admit it and hold my hands up. But the worst thing is that all these people underneath were saying, oh, I love that skirt. And I'd actually written, this is nothing like it was. <laughs> just think, oh, well, each there and everybody has their own opinion, which is wonderful. Talking of opinions, though, um, your show on, on Radio 5 Live, that's a great show. That's Thank a different you. side of you than people. I think it surprised a lot of people, didn't it? Yeah, and I think for me it was really important and it was lovely when I got the opportunity to do that show. Um, and a big shout out to uh, Nahal Artanyaki who presents um, Weekdays because he is the night and an incredible broadcaster, but also very giving. And um, and this industry sometimes, you know, you kind of it's perceived to be quite cutthroat, but there's a lot of people who help each other out. And I know you've always been so lovely and encouraging from the first time I ever met you before I, I even knew you on a personal level. You've always been so lovely to me. And I remember being a guest on the Hall show on his five live show. And we were talking about a few. It was a kind of around the time of Me Too. We we're talking about different issues. And I was kind of on there as a kind of celebrity guest. And I start talking and he was so he was like, oh, you've got something to say. And then he ended up kind of letting me take over a little bit. And he's like, why don't you kind of lead the next segment and do this? And and so lovely and giving. And I think because of that, you know, the commissioners got to see a different side of me and got to listen to the show. And and that's how I ended up getting a summer series and then I ended up eventually becoming a full-time series. And I'm so thankful for that because you know what it's like. You, you know, you've been in this industry for a long time. People see you doing one thing or, you know, the big breakfast or MTV or whatever. And they're like, oh, that's who you are. You're the entertainment presenter and you're the blonde girl. And we'll put you in the box and that's where you're going to stay. And it's so lovely when people give you the opportunity to prove others wrong. Do you feel, though, that it's that that has opened you up to more? So, yeah, yeah, everybody knew, you know, you did MTV, you did Strictly. Mm-hmm. So suddenly people saw you in a different light. And then and you did um, I'm a Celebrity, Get Me Out of Here on ITV2. I can never remember what it's called. Get Me Out of Here Now. Oh, that's the longest title ever. I'm a Celebrity, Get Me Out of Here Now. It's the longest title ever. Rolled off the tongue. And you did all of that. But suddenly the Radio 5 thing, I just felt I was so delighted for you I can't expect I I am incredibly proud as you know I'm always saying oh you've got to do more got to do more (laughs) and and it suddenly everyone went ah and I it was hallelujah time because there's I I don't like the way that um uh, people are very judgmental and I think that people judge people because they're you are incredibly beautiful you're incredibly good girl you're lovely and beautiful but but also suddenly people go oh she really has an opinion. She really, you know, it's not just about all of those things. And I, I, it upsets me that people just think that don't look past that, if you know what I mean. Yeah, and, and it's a tough one when you're first starting out as well, because you're kind of told a little bit sometimes to shut up and be quiet. Um, not exactly that, but, you know, especially when you're starting out in an industry and you're kind of navigating your way through and, you know, you're so happy just to be where you are and have an opportunity and it's kind of taken me a long time to find that voice and to you know stand up and say I'm not happy with something I haven't always done that and there's been times in the past I wish I did I think that's age and experience you know it's very hard when you first start out when you're naive and you're just especially like I moved from Ireland to London and that was such a big kind of culture shock anyway and not having really any friends from home over here and and it took me a while to kind of get the confidence to kind of speak up a little bit more. And when you work on entertainment shows, especially live shows, you don't really have a lot of time with people. With MTV, you know, I have great relationships where I get to, like, people who I've interviewed years ago, like Katy Perry or Chris Martin. If I see now, like, I, I interviewed them kind of 
like about 10, 12 years ago, and you're probably the same. You see them now and you still have those lovely relationships with them. But like on telly, you've got 10 minutes where that's aired, especially when it's live. And to be able to do radio, I feel radio is a different environment. And, and you know, it's, it's warm. You've got a bit more space. It's more conversational. And it feels a little bit more authentic. It's immediate. It's exactly. And by doing that, I think people see a different side. Sometimes you just have to let people see a different side. And I judge people. We all judge people. We all see someone in the paper or magazine and we think we know them. Um, so I'm trying to learn not to do yeah, that but you're as well. Not, you're, you're very generous. You're a good girl. You're you're a good girl. It sounds so funny. I sound tell my mom. Tell yeah. my mom. <laughs> yeah, or you can tell her from me that I think she's a good girl. <laughs> this is a, a question I ask everybody, and it's so funny because everybody seems to say the same thing, and I'll tell you afterwards what they say. What makes you laugh? What makes me laugh? Sometimes it's not the things I should be laughing at. Um, sometimes it's when everything goes wrong, and you have to laugh because that's all you got to do. But what makes me laugh? I mean, I do live with a comedian, but shockingly, I'm not going to answer that. <laughs> like, I'm not going to say comedian because there, I, I am like you can't just do stand up at home all the time because that's just too much for any one person to take. But um, life makes me laugh. I think every day I laugh every day somehow. Um, the little things that go wrong, the things that work, don't work out the way they're supposed to. My friends dog see I love that like just normal stuff do you said the thing that everybody says and people love things going wrong what is that in us that we like things like that because if you don't laugh you cry especially when it happens <laughs> to you um uh I don't know maybe it's the human connection in it because let's be honest no one's perfect things go wrong in life all the time so we do, maybe there's like um yeah, it's that back to that word relatability in that, and that's kind of why we laugh. Um, maybe it's to hide the embarrassment because it's easier just to laugh. But uh, sometimes you don't laugh straight away, and <laughs> it takes a while to look back and laugh. But yeah, I, I'm the same. I, I kind of grew up watching slapstick comedy as well, like the really kind of outrageous stuff and just the silliness. Being silly, oh, like being when you're a kid, being silly. You know, you'd run so fast that it, you'd fall over or it hurt, and you just like you know proper bellyache laugh and and I don't think we do enough of that and and sometimes when I see my friends kids or my godchildren and I'm just like I need a bit of that in my life oh I'm not going to take that further I promise I'm not going to steal someone I'm not going to steal someone's <laughs> child but I need to I'll just I'll just play with them <laughs> that's so funny you say about living with a stand-up though because there's that weird thing that everybody imagines that a stand-up is funny all the time. I'm one of my best friends is a very well known, very famous stand up, and he always gets frustrated because if we're ever out, people say, "Oh, go on, be funny." It's weird, isn't it? Does Ian get that all the time? No, he just gets people shout. Um, I've got a text. He gets people shouting that, and you know what annoys him? He never says that on the show. Like he's like it's the Islanders say that he's like I don't even say it on the show. <laughs> <laughs> so please don't shout that at him if you see him so he gets a lot of that and and like I'm all I I've got a lot of friends who are comedians and writers and I mean it's such an incredible talent but it's also most comedians like it's a work in progress and you know they're really great writers and they've been working on on their stand-up for a long time they haven't just got up there like I, I always think Ian's great at heckling like he's just got a natural funny bone and he's very quick and he's very smart um, don't tell him I said that but I, um, I I think there's a lot of work that goes into it too so you can't just tell someone like it's like it's like you know telling an actor to like suddenly just perform a whole piece of theatre for me do you yes, know yes go on act 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 yeah 
they're not going to do it. Are you, you're going to do more acting, aren't you? Yeah, I know. I really enjoyed it. I wrote my first screenplay last year of a short film and that was doing the rounds and festivals. We won a lovely award uh, for that. We got into a good few festivals. So that was really, really, really special. And I've just had a treatment uh, commissioned to write something else. Um <gasps> Which How will exciting. involve acting, but in very, very early days, everything takes a while. But um, I've done a lot of theatre. Um, I'm quite new to to acting on camera, which is a whole other ball game because theatre is immediate, and for anyone who acts on camera, it takes a bloody long time. Because I've done a few different shows and little sitcoms and things like that, and like, oh my god, you could spend a week doing one scene. So, but is that something you you do want to do more of that though, don't you? Yeah, but I also don't think it's not hugely away from what I do anyway. It's all storytelling. Um, it's performance in some way. It's not like I've gone from like carpentry to like, oh, I'm going to be a dentist now, do you know? <laughs> um, so I do think it all kind of fits in the narrative. I've always loved writing. And I think that's the one thing that kind of ties everything together. I've always loved questions and I've always loved people and um, whether I'm interviewing them or playing them or writing them. Um I just love that. I'm just so, and relationships, I'm just so intrigued by people. I love people watching. Um, like that person who like sits on a park bench by themselves just watching, um, which is a bit weird. But um, It is, but I, I do it too and I love it. I love it. I love it. And um, yeah, so I kind of think it all kind of fits in in the radio and, and it's all storytelling. It's all getting ideas. So everything I do, I end up getting an idea for something else. So I could be, you know, doing a piece on radio someone shares their story and there's something in that which gives me an idea to write something or a character for something so uh it is all linked oh you see i think the world is your oyster and i i mean it's such a cliched expression but it really is with you and what's so wonderful is that you're embracing it all instead of saying no you just say okay let me think about it you don't necessarily say yes Mm -hmm. straight away and there is nothing greater than having open arms and an open heart and that's exactly what you have that's a lovely thing to say and that it is really nice you kind of have to be open to things because uh as my mother always says if you're not in it you can't win it and i like my first job ever was in this mtv competition which I will forever be grateful for it because I had no experience. No one in my family works in television. My mom's a civil servant. My dad works in finance. Uh, my best friend's a doctor and one's like a nurse and they all work and, you know, they all have real jobs, <laughs> a primary school teacher. <laughs> and they, so I was like, I don't know, how am I going to get in this industry? And I entered a competition and, you know, I have a lot of people sometimes constantly go, oh, I want to be a presenter. How do I to be, be a presenter? And like, I can't tell you how to be it, but open yourself up and put yourself out there because I can tell you one thing they're not the the opportunities aren't going to come to you and knock down the door you kind of have to hustle and open up that door yourself good for you well done for the hustling I you know it's such a joy to talk to you and actually have this long to talk to you um send Ian my love and as I said I think you two are the perfect fit but you have to make me one promise please okay go on it's not a big heavy one. Just one more TikTok dance, please. <laughs> well, I'll, I'm always up for it. It's just trying to convince him to. But if I say that you requested it, I'm sure he will. Thank you. <laughs> thank you, my darling. You're gorgeous. Uh, thank you, Gabby. Thank you so much. That Gabby Roslin podcast is proudly produced by Cameo Productions. Music by Beth Macari. Please press the subscribe button and it will come straight to your phone on Apple Podcasts, Spotify or wherever you choose to listen. Also, please rate and review us on Apple Podcasts. Podcast. 
Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50% to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Want truly hydrated skin? Meet Osea's Body Care Breakthrough, Hyaluronic Body Serum. It's clinically proven to increase hydration by 161%. It's lightweight, fast-absorbing, and delivers 24 hours of hydration for silky smooth skin without any sticky afterfeel. Treat your skin to clean, vegan skincare from Osea. Get 10% off your first order with code SUMMER at OseaMalibu.com. That's O-S-E-A Malibu.com code SUMMER.